The following episode of the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio, includes advertising provided by our network, GCN. If you'd like to subscribe to an ad-free version of the program, plus the exclusive After the Paracast podcast, please visit www.theparacast.plus. That's P-L-U-S. Once again, that's www.theparacast.plus. The gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So as usual, the people at Microsoft do not like us, Tim. They've engaged in a conspiracy to make it difficult for us to talk to our guest, Curry Stegan, but we have persevered, and we've figured a way to do it. So here we are. I like Skype when uh, when it works, it's great, but when it doesn't, there's no in-between. That's right. That's right. Now, just to let our listeners know, especially our newer listeners who joined us, that we also have a forum at forum.thepowercast.com or thepowercast.com slash forum. And we've been talking about our March 12th episode rather extensively in there. That's the one that featured Barbara DeLong and Ken Goodsward. And Barbara, unfortunately, didn't get a very friendly response. Shall we say she's a little too accepting of outrageous claims. Tim, do you think that was gentle enough in expressing that? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's fine. I mean, <laughs> there's all kinds in this world and uh, we all have uh, our differences in opinion. So, uh, you know, I think that uh, as long as we treat each other uh, uh, with respect and uh, we can all agree to uh, disagree at times. And when somebody is a little too gullible and tells us how much intuition they have and they're able to tell fact from fiction and then mentions a belief in two of the most obvious fraudsters in the UFO field, well, there you got what can I tell you? Anyway, that, at least the show got an audience, and we've been known and notorious on the Paracast sometimes for a necessary takedown, which we don't plan on doing today. Curry, welcome to the show, and now, of course, we're frightening you away, but <laughs> I think as a retired Air Force Reserve officer, you would not be frightened by anything. No, I've uh, I've pretty much seen it all, and uh, I appreciate you uh, having me on the show, Gene. Well, we're glad to have you on because we see you've had an awful lot of experience to combine in 10 years. Now, I get the impression here, is this a full-time gig for you, or do you have a day job? No, I definitely have a day job, and uh, when I can figure out how to do this full-time, uh that would be something remarkable, but I, I just haven't figured out how to do that yet. Well, there's some people who think that writing a books on the paranormal will do it, but as most people who have written lots of books will tell you, very few of them really earn much money. 
I mean, if you get a publisher, fine, but the publisher, unless you're a proven author, is going to hand you what we call butkus in, <laughs> in a secret language here, and it won't happen. But listen, it's good to get your words out there and see where it takes you. How did a retired Air Force Reserve officer get involved in investigating and exploring the paranormal? What led you to it? Yeah, it's it's kind of a long story, but uh, I know you guys cover the UFO subject quite extensively on the show. So I'm going to take you back to my young days. Uh, I was about 12 years old, and me and a friend of mine were outside, and, and I promise I'll tie in the relevance here. We were outside on a summer night. And uh, I don't remember if it was me who saw it first or if it was my friend who saw it first. We looked up in the sky and we saw something just kind of hanging up there in the sky. And uh, this was really short-lived, but, you know, we saw something just hanging up there. I don't remember hearing any sort of sound or anything. And it was like this craft, if you want to call it that, just kind of shot off up into the, it's like it shot up out of the atmosphere. And uh, the reason why I bring this up is because perhaps, and that's my only, uh, I call it a UFO sighting. It happened so quickly. It was really fleeting. I mean, it was probably about, I don't know, four, five, six seconds, and this thing just shot out of the sky. And we both just kind of looked at each other and thought, you know, we just kind of paused, and then we both said, what the heck was that, right? And so that was my one and only UFO sighting. I think maybe at a young age, perhaps after having that sighting, because I haven't had one since, but maybe just maybe that opened up my mind a little bit to possibilities. So uh, fast forward several years here, how I kind of came into the paranormal is a little bit different, I think, than most people come into the paranormal. Uh, some people come into the paranormal because they've had experiences as, as a young age and they want to get some answers. And they're kind of trying to explore to get those answers. I think I came into it from a little bit different perspective. And my perspective was I had other people that I knew, friends, family, coworkers, that had shared stories with me. You know, they had you know, had a paranormal-related type story shared with me. You know, I I heard a lot of people, you know, over, over the years tell me stories, and I thought, well, that's interesting. But it kind of goes back to the old adage, I guess I'll believe it when it happens to me. Right? So uh, about 2005 time frame, my wife and I, we started kind of watching the Ghost Hunter show on Sci-Fi. You know, again, I wasn't sold on the idea of ghosts and hauntings, but I thought it was an interesting show. And I kind of, I kind of liked their, um, how they went about doing an investigation. And, you know, there were times where they would investigate a location, they'd meet with the clients at the end, and, you know, they wouldn't find any evidence of any kind of hauntings or anything. And I thought, well, that seems kind of realistic, but. Again, I'm not sold on the idea of ghosts and hauntings. I think uh, I like to think of myself as a curious skeptic. And so I was always, I guess, maybe I was a little bit perhaps open to the idea, 
and I go back to my UFO sighting, maybe that opened me up a little bit. But I was also a little bit skeptical because I hadn't had any of my own experiences. So, uh, you know, we were watching the show for, I think we watched it for several years, but uh, fast forward to 2013 timeframe, and uh, a friend of ours uh, forwarded an invite to a ghost hunting event on Facebook to us, and uh, my wife and I, <laughs> we, we talked about it and said, you know, hey, maybe we should go check this thing out. Um, you know, again, I'm, I'm still kind of in the, I guess you could say I'm still kind of in the skeptical phase. Um, I haven't had any real paranormal experiences myself, but again, I was still a little bit open to at least exploring and checking it out. So my wife and I decided to uh, go check out uh, this event. It's a little bit north of me. I'm in northern Utah. And so this was up in Brigham City, just a little bit north of us. And so we just went to this event and, uh, you know, there was uh, several other people that were on the event and then there was a group that was leading the event. And so we just went and kind of checked it out and, uh, went along with the group to kind of fill it out and, you know, check it out, see how it went. We are looking into the story of how our guest, Curry Stegan, first got interested in pursuing the paranormal actively. Sure. So uh, when we were uh, along on this event, um, you know, we were talking with the host and, you know, of course, before that, I'll back up, before the event started, you know, before we were actually going through it was this old mill. Uh, it was called the Barren Woolen Mill. And uh, the location has been there since, I want to say, the late 1800s. And, uh, you know, this was a really big facility so we're just kind of checking it out and uh you know the host is talking about the history of the location and he knew a lot about the history and then we started going along on the tour we will continue with that tour in our next segment with curry gene and tim you're in the paracast <laughs> I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. No matter where you live, what you make, or who you voted for, there are some things that will impact all of us soon. Whether you're concerned about extreme weather, the alarming increase in man-made disasters, or worsening food shortages, Americans are preparing in numbers not seen since World War II. What's changed is how we prepare. And the folks at My Patriot Supply have made it easier than ever for you to have peace of mind, knowing you're ready for what's next. 
Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and stock up on their popular three-month emergency food kit. They include tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners with over 2,000 calories per day. Get at least one kit per person. For a limited time, save $200 plus get free shipping on your three-month supply at MyPatriotSupply.com. Too many Americans are being let down by institutions we used to trust. It's time to rely on ourselves. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com now. MyPatriotSupply.com Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I helped thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com. danpilla.com. If you have an IRA or 401k, please listen closely. My name is Jason Hansen. I'm a former CIA officer and New York Times bestselling author. Throughout my career, let's just say I've been in some hairy situations. And I believe right now the biggest threat facing Americans is they need to protect their wealth, which is exactly what I'm doing for my wife and six kids. And I believe the ultimate safe haven is physical gold and silver. You can protect your hard-earned retirement assets with a tax-free loophole that allows you to convert your retirement into physical gold and silver. The folks I use are Advantage Gold, and believe me, I've investigated the heck out of all types of people. Advantage Gold is the nation's highest rated gold company. They have the best process, pricing, and service. If you want to get your free gold and silver investment kit, please contact Advantage Gold right now, and you'll see how easy it is to protect yourself with precious metals. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. Anyone can fall victim to moving fraud. Know your rights and responsibilities. There was never really a valid contract. Movers must always give written estimates. I was bound to an estimate, but it was after the fact. Be sure that any document is complete before signing it, and that it includes information to determine the final charges. It was a version that I had not seen before. Visit protectyourmove.gov to download a free moving fraud prevention guide. Search for registered movers and view their complaint histories. Move with confidence. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Return with us now to the mysterious tour Curry is taking to find what? Go ahead, please. Yeah, so uh, again, we were just, um, you know, going along with this group on this tour uh, of this old mill. And, uh, you know, these guys are, of course, this is a ghost hunting event. So we're we're just kind of going along and uh, along with the group, we're watching what they're doing. Um, they have some equipment, they have voice recorders, uh, and they have mag flashlights. So they're trying to get some interaction with whatever's at this location using these Mac flashlights. Now there's a little trick where you kind of loosen the connection to the front of that Mac flashlight. And so just a little pressure will illuminate it, you know, or turn it back off. So we're watching them ask questions and, you know, you know, they start to seem to be getting some interaction. 
uh, with the flashlights. But of course, you know, I'm watching this and I'm kind of thinking, now, you know, there's kind of a loose connection there, or maybe there's some trickery going on there. Again, like, you know, I'm just kind of watching them and uh, filling this out. So, you know, we continued on in the event, and, uh, you know, we're walking around with the group in uh, different spots. And, again, they're still doing the flashlights and such. And I remember I had to go back to the car because my wife, we brought a couple of flashlights, and I think, I left one of the flashlights in the car and she wanted a flashlight. So I start walking back to the car. Now I'm walking outside in between two buildings at this old mill. And as I'm walking, I look up and it's the main building of this old mill where they did a lot of the work building wool blankets and such. But I look up and uh, on the third level of this building, I see this glowing green ball of light. So uh, just so you guys know, we're broken up into two groups on this tour. Again, I left the group I was with behind to go up with the car and get a flashlight, and I'm just walking to go to the parking lot. I look up, and I see this green ball of light just kind of floating up there. So my first thought is, you know, it's an old building. Some of the windows are broken out. I yell up to the third floor uh, just to see if anybody's up there. I wasn't exactly sure where the second group was. I'm just yelling up there asking if anybody's up there. And in the meantime, I'm watching this glowing ball of light kind of just float up. And it stopped for, you know, I don't know, five, ten seconds. And then it kind of started floating up again. And it just kind of floated up towards the top of the window. And then it just kind of disappeared. And, uh, you know, I'm, again, I'm still trying to call out there to see if anybody's up on that floor. Nobody's responding. I go to the car. I think I got a flashlight. And then I came back uh, to rejoin the group. And, you know, we're talking. And, I, you know, I mentioned what I'd just seen. And, uh, you know, I had asked where the other group was. And they said, well, they're um, in the basement of the main building. They've been over there for, you know, a little while. So I kind of confirmed that there was nobody up on that floor at the time. So uh, that was uh, my first experience. And uh, so we're, you know, just, you know, continuing on with the event. And, uh, you know, again, just, just kind of going along with the group on the tour. There were uh, several buildings on the location. And as we were getting ready to wrap up, we're just kind of finishing up. We started to walk back, and again, same spot where I just mentioned I saw that green glowing ball of light. And, uh, you know, again, walking back between the, these two buildings uh, at the location, and I'm walking ahead of the group. I'm alone ahead of the group. There's a group of people behind me. You know, as I'm walking, to my left is kind of this big storage building, which we had walked into and walked around in that building and kind of explored earlier in the night too and I just kind of poked my head into the building and I saw this shadow dart across the wall now mind you um, you know there's cars that there's there's a street nearby and so there's cars that drive by from time to time uh, but what I saw there were one there were no cars coming by but two what I saw looked like the shadow of a person dart across the wall. It 
clearly was not my shadow or anybody that was in the group because they were a little ways behind me. So I'm just kind of looking in the building, kind of scratching my head going, well, you know, that's interesting. Where did that shadow come from? And I almost got a sense like I had spooked something. So the group behind me kind of caught up to me and, you know, I was again, kind of poking my head into the building and, uh, one of the guys in the group said, uh, what's going on? You know, he noticed I was looking in the building. I said, well, um, I just saw a shadow dart across the wall. And so, <laughs> you know, he kind of just looked at me and he said, yeah, we have that sometime. And, uh, so that was the end of that event. Those were my two experiences that night. Other people said they, you know, heard noises or saw a shadow or two, but those were my two experiences. And, you know, it wasn't like, hey, I'm sold based on those two experiences I had. I just thought, you know, well, those were interesting and I didn't really have an explanation for the shadow or the ball of light. I thought initially maybe that ball of light I had saw was somebody, you know, flashing a colored uh, flashlight and was up on the third floor. But again, I confirmed nobody was up there. So a couple of experiences there were kind of interesting. Again, I'm, you know, I'm not sold on ghosts and hauntings at this point, but you know, my curiosity is kind of peaked. Um, and, uh, I was talking with the host of the event just a little bit earlier, you know, um, I had a sister-in-law that was already working with a paranormal group, but of course I'm not part of a paranormal group and neither is my wife. And so I'm just talking with the host of the event. If there's any other locations that I might be able to check out and just kind of do some more exploring. And, uh, the host of the event mentioned, uh, this old, what's left of this old mining town. Uh, which is a bit south, it's about 10 miles south of Tooele, Utah. I think I mentioned already I'm in northern Utah. And uh, he said him and uh, some of the members of his group had went out there and visited the location several times, and it had some interesting things happen out there. So uh, at this location, it, it, again, I mentioned it is an old mining town. It's called Marker, Utah. And uh, the only thing left standing, they pretty much flattened the whole town. And the only thing left standing at this old mining town is an old cemetery up on a hill. And so at this old cemetery, the very last person that was laid to rest was like 1950. And uh, so, again, the host was talking about this location. It was interesting. Now, just for your listeners, I don't go around trespassing in cemeteries at night. It's just not something I do. But I guess this location is kind of the exception because it's really all that's left of this old mining town. Hey, we'll get into more of that. And Tim has some questions for you in our next segment. We have Curry Stegan telling us about his introduction to paranormal research. With Gene and Tim, you're in the Curcast. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. I had no idea it would destroy my life. But before it happened, I had a successful business in Austin, Texas. Everyone laughed at me when I shut that business down, but I could not ignore the wake-up call. 
I was volunteering on a project to get locally grown food into a school. That project was a complete failure, and I discovered that there were few local farmers. There's only four days' worth of food in the grocery stores, and everything comes 1,500 miles via a just-in-time trucking system. I lost friends and family who told me I was crazy to worry about that, but I kept at it. I'm Marjorie Wildcraft. Those of us who know what's going on in the world know you need to become self-reliant before the dollar collapses. I've created a free webinar at GCNfood.com. I can show you, like I've shown hundreds of thousands of people, how to grow lots of food, even if you have no experience, you're older, or you're out of shape. Do it now, before the stores are boarded up and food is not available at any price. Go to GCNfood.com. GCNfood.com. USA News Update. Former President Trump says the rule of law is a tremendous threat to Western civilization. While speaking at a rally Saturday in Waco, Texas, Trump said the biggest threat to America is high-level politicians that work in the United States government. An outbreak of tornadoes and strong thunderstorms across Mississippi and Alabama has killed at least 26 people. The rural towns of Silver City and Rolling Fork, about 60 miles northeast of Jackson, Mississippi, bore the brunt of damage. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell has been released from a physical therapy facility. He suffered a concussion and rib fracture after a fall earlier this month. Florida Atlantic is the first team to reach the Final Four at the NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament this evening. The Owls edging Kansas State 79-76. John Wick Chapter 4 is projected to pull in $70 million this weekend at the box office. Jerry Barmash, USA News. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com.
Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Okay, so you do not like to enter cemeteries at night, especially. That's very spooky if you have to do that. Tim, you had a question? Well, this goes back to the uh, uh, previous location where you saw the green light and the uh, the, the shadow figure. Uh, what was it about that location that they were holding ghost hunts there in the first place? That's a good question. Well, the, the host of, of the event and the group of people he was, they, they kind of had a paranormal group that uh, they had been doing paranormal investigating for a long time. The, the host of the event uh, knew this location well, and I think it was one of the, it was one of those kinds of things that he had kind of heard word of mouth that the place was haunted, that there were some things going on there. So he really kind of did the historical research on the location, and they had investigated the location several times, and eventually they started doing public events at the site. So, uh, you know, he talked about, different experiences he had had at the location kind of as part of after he talked about the history of the location and you know it's a kind of place where people had died there um you know they're operating around heavy machinery it's the kind of place where you know you expect if there if you would expect maybe i guess if a place was haunted this could be the kind of place it's got a lot of history to it it has some tragedy associated with it and so, you know, there had been workers killed at the location. Um, I, I think I mentioned that uh, this place had been in existence and operating uh, since, and I don't know the exact date, later part, latter part of the 1800s. And uh, I think the mill actually operated in, I want to say, until the late 70s or early 80s when it shut down. A long history there. And, uh, of course, like I said, the group that we were going along with had, investigated at the location several times and had claimed to have had a lot of experiences there. All right. So one more question before I let you get back to the Mercer Cemetery. The green light that you saw, uh, from your perspective and distance, how big would you say it was? And was it was it in the inside you know, of, of the building or were you seeing it reflecting against a window? Uh, just uh, kind of uh, run us through that. Yeah, so uh, size-wise, I would say maybe it was pretty small, mm-hmm. about a maybe five or six inches in diameter. You know, it, it kind of floated and changed directions. Again, my first thought, uh, guys, was this is somebody with one of those colored flashlights. But, you know, the interesting thing is it kind of got a little bit bigger in size and then kind of went down, shrunk back down a little bit. Uh, and then it just kind of floated up. And, and just disappeared. Now, as far as the windows, some of the windows are broken out, but from my vantage point, it looked like it was just inside the window. Mm-hmm. Was it uh, like, you know, bright, you know, like a, a, a flashlight bright or dim, you know, misty looking? You know, as I remember, it was fairly bright. And again, mm-hmm. that's one reason why I thought maybe it could have been a colored flashlight. You know, somebody with one of those green flashlights. So, again, that was my first thought. So I wanted to just make sure that nobody was up there on the floor at the time. 
So I think I yelled up there probably three or four times just trying to make sure there was nobody up there. And again, you know, some of the windows are broken out. So there would have been anybody up there. They would have heard me. So the other thing I wanted to do is when I rejoined the group was just confirm that nobody was up uh, on the third floor there in that area at the time. And the people in the group I was with just simply said, yeah, there was the other groups down in the basement and they'd been down in the basement for a while. So I think it was only about five minutes or so for me after I stopped, look at the light, went back out to the car. I think it grabbed a flash, like I said, and, and went back over to rejoin the other group in the back of one of the back buildings where we were. So I don't know. Hopefully that answers your question. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was great. Okay, you can continue now with your story about the uh, cemetery. Yeah, so uh, getting back to Marker Cemetery, I think I already mentioned that uh, the the old cemetery, the last person laid to rest there was about 1915. Uh, and uh, it's all that's left of this old mining town. So the Barrick uh, Gold Mining Company went in and bought up that property. And uh, there, I think they may still be mining that area t- today. Uh, but they flattened the town. So I guess you used to be able to go visit the town as well. But you know, I found out about this old location, and, and the, the host told me, you know, it's not trespassing. You can go anytime you want, uh, night or day. And he said, we've been there during the day. We've been there at night. And so, you know, I'm kind of, you know, again, my, my curiosity is kind of heightened at this point. And so I somehow talked my wife into taking a trip out to that old cemetery. So I live in Ogden, Utah. The trip out there is about, I don't know, it's probably about an hour drive going through the town of Tooele, and then you go past the town of Tooele through Stockton, and uh, then you head up towards the mountains. So uh, we looked it up on the Internet, found the directions to get out there, and uh, this is an early November night. So this is northern Utah. It's uh, unseasonably, believe it or not, this year, it was unseasonably pretty warm for early November. A a lot of times here in northern Utah, even by early November, the weather is already starting to get cold. Sometimes we even have a little bit of snow. On this particular year and this time, it it really was kind of unseasonably warm. So my wife, (laughs) I have to say, she get spooked uh, kind of easily at times. And so I was surprised that I was somehow able to talk her into going out there. So we just decided to make the drive out there. And, uh, you know, we got out there. By the time we finally found the location, drove through Tooele and through Stockton and finally found the location, uh, it was uh, the sun was just about going down over the mountain. So it was starting to get a little bit dark. You know, we got out of the car and we had read the directions about how to get up to the, the cemetery. You had to hike up a hill and it was probably just about a quarter of a mile hike going up this hill. So we got out of the car, grabbed our flashlights. At this time, uh, the previous event, I borrowed a voice recorder, but, but I decided to purchase a voice recorder at this time because my sister-in-law, she's working with a paranormal group and she said, you know, if you're going to go do some exploring, you want to have voice recorder. So I bought a voice recorder. We had a couple mag flashlights. Uh, and again, we get out of the car and there's a sign at the bottom simply says Barker Cemetery with dates on there. And again, it says, you know, I think it's like 1880 something to 1915 when uh, 
all the people that were laid to rest at that cemetery were um, were buried. Let me ask you a question, Curry. What's a quick question? Sure, go ahead. When you say voice recorder, you're referring to one of these digital handheld recording devices? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, something that someone tries to, you know, capture uh, EVPs with, electronic voice phenomena. So I've got a voice recorder, and like I said, we just got a couple of flashlights, uh, and we decide to make the hike up the hill, and so we uh you know, we make the truck up the hill, get to the top of the hill, and at the top of the hill, there's simply this wooden sign that just says Marker Cemetery. And uh, on the Internet, I'd seen a few pictures of the location. It was real interesting looking. A lot of the grave markers are nothing but um, wooden slats that mark the, a lot of these grave sites. There's even some of the grave sites are just kind of rocks. Uh, piles of rock. So it's just a really, really old uh, cemetery. So there's trails all the way around kind of the perimeter of the area. There's a lot of juniper trees. You know, we're trying to be respectful. We're not wanting to walk on any sort of, you know, grave sites or anything. But we kind of walked along the trail, uh, and it's kind of a perimeter trail all around this old cemetery. We will walk further along, along that cemetery with Curry, Tim, and Gene. You're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream, a dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the protectors find out more at rockoids.com that's rockoids r-o-c-k-o-i-d-s dot com frustrated trying to get business capital want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation gcnloans.com removes the slow irritating approval process instead get quick simple funding powered by david allen capital 80 percent of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days pre-qualify at gcnloans.com and get your money this week it's that easy gcnloans.com that's gcnloans.com Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. SilverLungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at SilverLungs.com. That's SilverLungs.com.
spend a lot of time in the garage, but even more time in the rain, sleet, and mud. In 95, I helped tow your moving trailer. In 05, I helped you get out of a ditch. Yeah, I know I'm a bit rusty, and sadly in 09, it was sparks from me. Your handy chains dragging behind your truck that accidentally started a wildfire. Sparks from dragging chains can start a wildfire. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. Do you need to get your hands on some extra money right now? Maybe 25000 or more? If you're a homeowner, now is the perfect time to get cash out while homes in many neighborhoods like yours have gone up in value. You can use the money for anything. It's yours. You can buy an investment property, pay off higher interest debt, or make home improvements. If you need 25000 50000 or more, now is the time. Home values are up, and so is your equity. We offer you a way to use it. No need to use your savings. Call New American Funding now and see how much cash out you can get. Call 800-721-2477. 800-721-2477. That's 800-721-2477. NMLS 6606. www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. This is not an offer or commitment to lend. Subject to borrower and property qualifications. Not all borrowers will qualify. Terms and conditions apply. Equal housing opportunity. This is Robert Hastings, author of UFOs and Nukes, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Now, when you think of walking around the cemetery, you think of all the horror films saying to the viewer, why are they walking around the cemetery? They're asking for trouble. Curry Stegan, do you think walking around the cemetery left you open for finding something troublesome? (laughs) Well, uh, I'll tell you this uh, first visit when we made our trip up there. We walked around that location, and, and mind you, it's a, it's getting dark. It's a beautiful, really beautiful view. You're really up on, pretty much up on the side of a mountain at this location. So it's not your typical cemetery. Um, you know, again, I, like I said, I don't go around trespassing cemeteries, and I don't investigate cemeteries. It's just uh, this one location was interesting to me, and, you know, I'm I'm you know, still exploring. And so we're walking around this place. And mind you, if you go there in the summertime or even early fall and you get there during daylight, you're probably going to see people out there either shooting guns, driving ATVs around. You know, there's trails all over that location. And we get when we got there, there was not a soul in sight. Let me ask you quickly here, Curry. Shooting guns, sure. is this a target range? I mean, if I knew people were shooting guns, I'd be as far away as I can be in the other direction. Yeah, so uh, typically not where the cemetery is, but, uh, you know, off in the distance, there's a few places where you'll see, you know, shells of uh, whether they're 
shotgun shells or whatever um, where people have went out there and just because really you're out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, there's really nothing out there for miles. When you get up on the hill, you can see uh, the Tooele Army Depot Annex off in the distance down in the valley there. That's about all you can see. So, uh, again, we were not worried about that. You know, again, that's the first time we've ever been there. Secondly, we don't see a soul in sight. There's nobody. There's no cars. We don't see a soul in sight. So, again, we get up to the top of the hill, and, and you know, we're walking around just kind of exploring. The sun's dipping down behind the mountain. It's starting to get dark. We can hear the coyotes off in the distance. And so it's got a little bit of a creep factor to it. I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to lie, but we're kind of just walking around on the perimeter trail, just making sure we're not going to see anybody there, that there's nobody else uh, up there with us, and there was not a soul in sight. So uh, I thought, and again, I know some people are going to say this flashlight thing is, is not a very good uh, technique for paranormal investigators to use. The mag flashlight, if you kind of loosen the connection on the front of there, um, some people from time to time try and use it for, for I guess, uh, spirit communication, if you will. But anyways, we're trying the mag flashlight trick. You know, I'm holding the mag flashlight, and we're asking questions. And I think my wife's a little bit, and she's a little bit uh, taken back by the whole experience. But for one, she's kind of creeped out. For two, she's a little bit concerned about maybe squatters up there. Although, again, as I mentioned, it's early November. So if there were squatters up there, probably wouldn't have been the best time for them to be up there because it starts to kind of get cold. So, we're, like I said, we're just kind of making our way around the old cemetery and around that old trail, walking around. There's a bunch of juniper trees. Uh, and then we kind of just make our way to the center of the cemetery. You know, again, I've got a voice recorder trying to do EVP session, ask questions, uh, you know, if there's anybody there with us, can they let us know, you know, the usual kind of things that ghost hunters, paranormal investigators ask those usual kind of questions. Uh, and we're getting nothing. I mean, nothing is happening, right? Um, other than just hearing some coyotes off in the background. That's about it. Um, so we're there probably a good, I don't know, 40, 45 minutes. We've just been walking around, exploring the cemetery, uh, carrying flashlights. And so we talked about it and thought, yeah, maybe it's time to go. It's getting colder. Uh, we start making our way out, heading towards the hill to go down the hill. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to make one last ditch effort here to try this flashlight trick. So, I set the mag flashlight up onto the sign and I'm asking if there's anybody there with us, if they could, you know, turn the flashlight on, illuminate the flashlight. Again, I kind of got a loose connection on there. Uh, the flashlight illuminates within about a second or two of me asking. So then, you know, the flashlight's on, I wait, a, I pause for, you know, a few seconds or, 10, 20 seconds, whatever it was. Uh, and then, you know, I ask if anybody's there with us to turn the flashlight off. And lo and behold, the flashlight turns off. So uh, this went on probably three or four times where it seemed like 
it was almost as if we were getting some sort of interaction. And, uh, you know, my wife's kind of ready to go. <laughs> she's, she's pretty much ready to go. So she's kind of tugging on my arm a little bit saying, I think we should go. It's getting late. You know, she didn't like that. You know, we're hearing coyotes off in the distance, uh, periodically. And so we're getting ready to leave and I start hearing whistling. We both start hearing whistling, both me and my wife. And uh, when I say whistling, it sounds like somebody like jovially whistling. Like if you saw somebody walking down the street and just kind of whistling a tune or just kind of casually whistling, right? So we start hearing this whistling. And, uh, of course, I took my flashlight, and I'm shining it around all around the, the cemetery. And it sounds like it's pretty close by. It's not, like, real faint. I mean, it sounds like it could have been, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 feet away from us. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's pretty loud, actually. And, uh, you know, of course, I already said my wife's kind of spooked, and she's wanting us to make our way out of there. And I'm just kind of frozen listening to this whistling sound. And uh, she says, you know, we need to go. It's time to go. So she's tugging on my arm. So I said, all right. Again, I've got the voice recorder. And so we start making our way down the hill. And, and I'm talking to her, telling her, this is really bizarre, that whistling. And she's like, yeah, can we just get out of here? <laughs> and so, you know, we make our way down the hill, eventually back to the car. Uh, it's pitch dark by now and, uh, we just get in the car and head back home. So the first thought was, you know, of course, when you got a voice recorder, you always want to go back and listen to it and see if you've captured anything. Of course, I didn't really capture anything other than coyotes until we got to that very last spot where I did the last ditch effort. And of course I captured the whistling on the voice recorder. So uh, again, uh, not the sound of what you, you know, if a bird was whistling, what a bird would sound like. It actually sounded like a person. On the voice recorder, it was a little bit faint, but it's on there. You can hear the, the whistling. So, so I already mentioned the two experiences I had at the old mill. This was about a week or two later that we went out to this old cemetery and so then I had these kind of two strange experiences too. And so you know, again, it's just, it's one of those things where I'm like, well, that's interesting. I can't really explain it. There was no other fleshies there with us. We didn't see a single soul in sight for miles. I mean, you're up on the hill, up on this mountain looking out, and, you know, there's nobody out there. No cars, no ATVs, no one. We were the only people out there. And I guess that, that was a high creep factor for my wife because... You know, it's dark, and we're out in this old cemetery, and there's not anyone inside. Um, so, again, we get back to the car, and we drive back home. And later, I don't know, three or four days later, I'm listening to the voice recorder, and I noticed I did capture that whistling. So, again, my curiosity is kind of heightened. Um, I mentioned that I was a bit of a skeptic, but... When I say skeptic, I think I was a curious skeptic because I was wanting to find out after watching Ghost Hunter Show, hearing stories from other people, is there really anything to this? And I'll tell you, I really had low expectations. Ultimately, I figured I might go out and do this three or four times and nothing would happen, 
right? And I would just say, yeah, you know, nothing happened and there's really nothing to this and I go about my life. Uh, but that's not really the way it happened. And so I mentioned that my sister-in-law was working with a paranormal group and she'd been working with this paranormal group for close to a year. We'll talk more about your sister-in-law and the paranormal group she's been working with, with Curry. Tim and Gene, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Have you heard the warning from the dead doctors don't lie guy? I'm talking about Dr. Joel Wallach. He says if you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol or high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, or other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. That's what he says. He has a free lecture revealing what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. And it's all in his free lecture called Deadly Recipe. You want it free? Call him toll-free at 855-79-YOUNG. You ready? 855-79-YOUNG. Dr. Joel Wallach, the dead doctors don't lie guy, says there's no reason why we shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So, your sister-in-law is working with a paranormal group. What is her yeah, feeling about all this? She's already visited a lot of locations, was working with a paranormal group, and uh, you know, she knew that I watched the Ghost Hunter show, and I was kind of curious, but again, I wasn't sold on it. And, you know, she shared some stories about locations she had visited with the group, and they were getting into some, some kind of cool locations. So she mentioned to me that, well, since you're exploring this now and you've had a couple of strange experiences, maybe you ought to just come along with us and go on a couple of locations that we go to. She mentioned that, you know, they had some cool locations that uh, they were investigating. And she said, you can simply go on the website, the group's website, and uh, you can apply to be a member in training. 
she mentioned it to me a couple of times before and I kind of just, I just kind of forgotten about it. Right. I just never really did it. And now I've already went to a couple of locations, done some exploring myself. So I thought, why not? I'll just go on to the, she gave me the website. She texted me the link, I think, or emailed it to me. And I went on to the website and, you know, looked at the group's website. They had a questionnaire on there. So I just went on there, filled out the online questionnaire, submitted it. The director gave me a call. I want to say about four or five days later and, you know, invited me to come along with the group just as kind of a guest, just to kind of check it out. So I mentioned I'm in Ogden, Utah, here in northern Utah. They were going to do an investigation of this uh, location. It's pretty well known here in Ogden, Utah. A lot of paranormal groups have been to this location. It's uh, called the Great Cliff Lodge, and it's up Ogden Canyon. It's this old lodge that's been there since the McKay family built the old lodge. It was like a summer home for them. They were a wealthy family here in the Ogden area. They were big donors to the McKay D Hospital here. So wealthy family, they built this lodge up Ogden Canyon. I want to say it was like about 1912 when they built the lodge, and it was kind of a summer getaway. They would go up the canyon and stay there in the summertime. And then eventually this old lodge was turned into a restaurant. It was sold to another family, I want to say, in the mid-40s. Eventually, this family ended up turning it into a restaurant. And so eventually, it became the Gray Cliff Lodge and Restaurant. So a very old building. You know, there are a lot of groups that visit the location, a lot of stories about, you know, strange stuff that went on there, even outside, not only in the building, but outside the building. There were stories about Native American spirits that people saw out there. Again, those were typically outside of the building. And then inside the building, there was a lot of stories like there was an old jukebox that was in the bar. And some people say the jukebox would, you know, come on at night by itself. Um, just all of a sudden, mysteriously come on. I never experienced that at the location. And our group never did either. But that was one of the claims. And just other types of claims that, uh, you know, weird things would go on in that location. Lights go on by themselves, that sort of thing. But anyways, I w- that was my first outing with the paranormal group. And, and really, I was just a guest. I was along for the ride. I was just there to kind of witness how the group, uh, you know, operated, how they did an investigation. And, uh, you know, right away as I get to the location and, uh, well, actually, before we went to that location, I met all the group members, talked with them. They kind of explained to me how they operate, how they kind of go into a location, kind of gave me a, an idea of how they do things. Right. So I think we met at a restaurant and, you know, I, I met all the group members and we made our way up to the location. And, uh, you know, again, I was just kind of along for the ride. Um, I watched how they set up, you know, there's kind of a group huddle. Okay. Here's the game plan for the night. Here's what we're going to do. But right away, I was really impressed with how the group handled themselves. I mean, there was a process to how they would place equipment, how they would place and set up voice recorders. And uh, they really emphasized that anytime there's a noise, a knock, anything like that, the first thing we would try to do is try to come up or try to find a rational explanation for any kind of sound or anything like that. 
The other thing they would do is they kind of just go quiet for 10 or 15 minutes to kind of get used to the sounds of the building. So if there's an ice machine or an HVAC unit in the building that, you know, is turning on, you know, you can get used to the normal sounds of the building and that sort of thing. So, you know, right away I was kind of like, I like their approach because their approach is, you know, we're not going to assume anything's paranormal. We're going to investigate and kind of see where it takes us. You know, like I said, if they hear a knock or a, a bang or anything like that, the first thing we try to do is find a rational explanation. And then if we can't find a rational explanation, then we kind of go from there. You know, again, I'm just along for the ride. And, uh, you know, there's not really, it was pretty quiet most of the night. I think a few people heard some noises and such. We saw kind of a strange light go across the wall. Um, you're in a canyon. Cars are coming up through the canyon. Uh, I don't know. We did see a strange kind of green light, and I mentioned green light. I saw a green light at the other location. I don't know. It was kind of weird. Uh, me and another female guest were sitting in the dining room. We saw a strange kind of green light flash across the wall, and, you know, we, we really couldn't explain it. We know that there were other group members in the building, but they were in other parts of the building. But again, you know, I'm just kind of along for the ride and I'm going along with the group members. I did have a voice recorder and uh, the old bar, which is on the west side of the building, really cool old bar. You know, it's got an old jukebox and, uh, you know, it's got wood paneling. It's just a really old building and, you know, it's got a lot of character to it. Anyways, we go in the, we make our way in the bar and I'm with another female guest and one of the group members and this guy's. Uh, he's the actual tech guy of the group. So he's the guy that handles all the technical aspects of equipment and all that kind of stuff. And he's actually was from the UK. Uh, and it was, a, he's an elect electrical engineer. So doubly pretty, uh, smart guy. Right. And so this is the guy that I'm going along and, you know, touring the building with and, and such. We go in the bar and, uh, you know, we're kind of, doing some EVP work, EVP sessions. He asked me if I wanted to go take a seat at the bar. And so I said, sure, I'll go, I'll go sit at the bar. The, uh, uh, the gal that I was with in the group, she was sitting back in the back of the bar with him. I went and sat at the bar, set the voice recorder up on the table of the bar and, uh, just started asking questions, you know, trying to, trying to get maybe a response or get an EVP or whatever. So, uh, you know, I did that for, I don't know, maybe five, 10 minutes, uh, you know, and, and finished doing the investigation with the group. I, like I said, it was relatively quiet minus the light we saw kind of flash across the wall. And, uh, so we finished up and they invited me to go along on their next outing. And, you know, we wrapped up, packed up all the gear, went home. And again, I'm going back and listening to the voice recorder. And I get to, I think it was pretty late in the night by the time I went over and sat at the bar, like I just mentioned. And uh, I'm listening back to the voice recorder and I'm asking questions and, you know, I got a flashlight in my hand and I hear a male voice come through that says something about a flashlight. So I just started looping the audio, kind of playing it back and listening to it. And uh, as I listened to the voice, I'm like, Okay, so that's not the guy's voice that uh, was in the group. It's certainly not his voice. 
he's got an accent to his voice and it sounded nothing like his voice. It was clearly male. Uh, and it was saying something about the flashlight. And, uh, so what I heard, what it sounded like to me, and this is the problem with EVP work is sometimes one person will hear one thing and another person will hear another, or there's other times where you get stuff on the audio recorder where it was, it's really what we would consider a class A EVP. It's clear vocal tone. Everybody hears the same thing on this particular one. As I played it back for a few of the group members, they heard something in flashlight. They heard the word flashlight. We'll um, look at the flashlight in our next segment with Curry and Gene and Tim. You're in the podcast. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. If you have an IRA or 401k, please listen closely. My name is Jason Hansen. I'm a former CIA officer and New York Times bestselling author. Throughout my career, let's just say I've been in some hairy situations. And I believe right now the biggest threat facing Americans is they need to protect their wealth, which is exactly what I'm doing for my wife and six kids. And I believe the ultimate safe haven is physical gold and silver. You can protect your hard-earned retirement assets with a tax-free loophole that allows you to convert your retirement into physical gold and silver. The folks I use are Advantage Gold, and believe me, I've investigated the heck out of all types of people. Advantage Gold is the nation's highest rated gold company. They have the best process, pricing, and service. If you want to get your free gold and silver investment kit, please contact Advantage Gold right now, and you'll see how easy it is to protect yourself with precious metals. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. Tahibo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus does not grow on. As a result, it naturally has antifungal, anti-infection, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system. And it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. 
The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit shopsupertea.com. The first word is shop, spelled S-H-O-P, then the word super, and then the word tea. The complete website is shopsupertea.com or call us at 818-984-6100 Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-984-6100. Shopsupertea.com. Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. We continue. Our guest is Curry Stegan, and he does a paranormal radio show. He's written a book about the subject. He's telling us about his ongoing excursions into the world of the paranormal. Tim, you had a question. Well, I'm curious. Uh, I've always been interested in EVP phenomena. Now, the recorder that you had uh, up uh, on the hill of the cemetery that you captured the whistling. Now, is this thing a, like a digital recorder or, gosh, I mean, do they even still make, <laughs> I'm showing my age here, uh, uh, cassette recorders? Because I know, like, you know, the, uh, the, the, the cassette recorders for a long time were the preferred device when people would go out trying to capture EVPs over digital because uh, uh, there there was a consensus for a long time that the digital either you know better or worse you know uh, what what have you so i mean you know, what was what was the kind of device that you were using yeah so uh i i don't think i've ever used an analog voice recorder mm-hmm. um i've always used digital so yeah it was a digital voice recorder it was uh with a with yeah. a con- condenser mic uh, uh built into it Right, with the condenser mm-hmm. mic built into it. So, um, and I know I, you know, I had uh, I had uh, Greg Lawson on the show a few weeks ago. He's the guy that wrote the book how to uh, how to be a paranormal detective, and he that's one of the things he talked about is just what you mentioned, Tim. Is uh, you know his his ideas. He uses both analog and uh, digital voice recorders because he says there are a lot of artifacts uh, that's what he referred to them as as artifacts and digital voice recorders um i you know I, I i i can't speak to all the technical aspects of voice recorders i'm i'm just not a real techie person all all i can say is i've had so many times where i've captured voices on my voice recorder that actually appeared to be intelligent and appeared to be saying something in response to what I was doing. And uh, there was, you know, I just couldn't couldn't explain how that was anybody else's voice other than something or someone 
we didn't know who it was, you know, whoever mm-hmm. was responding in the voice record. And that was the case with, with this one. So the male voice came through. Uh, everybody who I played it back to heard the word flashlight in there. What I heard was flash the flashlight. So, uh, you know, again, I had the flashlight with me. Uh, and uh, so to me, that could have been something intelligent, you know, in response to me having a flashlight. Now, had you had you asked the question uh, uh, before that, like, you know, uh, should I should I turn on the, or off the flashlight or something like that? Or was is it just, you know, kind of a comment out of the blue? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't I, I wasn't asking anything about mm-hmm. the flashlight. Uh, I was just simple. I think I was asking things like, can I get a drink here? Uh, <laughs> can I get some service? You know, those sorts of things. And, uh, you know, just trying to elicit a response, hopefully. And and uh, so, again, I didn't hear it. We didn't hear anything with our own ears. You know, what well, we would term maybe a disembodied voice. But I captured that voice on the voice recorder. Uh, and, again, to me, it sounded like flash the flashlight. Um, other group members didn't quite hear the same thing. They heard the word flashlight in there. That's kind of the problem with doing EVP work. Like I said before, sometimes people hear different things. But then you'll also get maybe a part of that EVP clip captured where everybody hears the same. And the word flashlight was definitely there. Everybody heard that. Um, so that, uh, you know, again, I mentioned we packed up, went home. It was, for the most part, a pretty quiet night. Um, I had that EVP I captured. Um, and so... The other thing, and I forgot to mention, that did happen on that occasion, as we also saw what looked like somebody walking. There's there's a wooded area just outside of the restaurant going towards the canyon road. And I was looking outside, and it looked like somebody was walking around with a flashlight. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I told the female guest, because it was just her and I in the dining room at the time, the other guy the tech guy mentioned he had kind of went off to another part of the building for a minute, but we walked and kind of looked and peeked out the window and we decided, well, let's go outside to investigate. We walked out there and you know, as I was looking outside, it looked like, like I said, somebody walking around with a flashlight. Well, we walked out there and walked around out by that wooded area and kind of peeked around. We didn't see a soul inside, Uh, but it wasn't like a car light going through that you would see just kind of, flow through and, and, you know, go away. It just looked like somebody kind of holding a flashlight and maybe moving it back and forth a little bit. So I thought, well, maybe somebody's walking around out there. You know, there are some houses nearby in that Canyon. So I thought, well, maybe somebody's walking their dog or something, you know, and they're, but we walked out there shortly after I saw that light and there was nobody out there. So that was a little bit strange. Um, and so the, we saw that. Uh, the, the, the EVP recordings uh, that you have, are they uh, uh, available anywhere online that people can uh, listen to? Them? I've got a handful on my website. Uh, there's also a number of them that we posted on the public, on the Paranormal Group's website as well. I'm not sure if that one's on there, but, you know, we've cataloged so many EVPs over the year over the years. Um, there's a ton of them. So I have some, a handful that I've captured that are on my website. Uh, there's also some on our groups, uh, paranormal groups, public website, uh, that people can go and listen to. And, you 
you know, usually it's you, you want to have a, a pair of headphones on when you're listening to them. So there's some that are really good on there that are pretty clear. Um, there's others that are a little bit more faint, but if you've got a good pair of headphones and you listen to the clip, you can hear it. So, okay. so anyways, going back to wrapping up in this location and finishing up there, you know, I just uh, started working with the group after that. Uh, again, I was impressed by the way the group operated. I was impressed by the fact that they were never quick to assume anything was paranormal. You know, I think I, I pretty much gelled with the group pretty quickly. I mean, they understood that I was kind of still in that, you know, curious, skeptic kind of phase a bit. I was still kind of filling things out. And like, uh, however, as I said before, guys, I really wasn't expecting to, to much to happen. I was thinking I might go out and do this and I wouldn't experience anything and just say, you know, hey, this, there's nothing to this. Again, it's that old adage, I will, you know, I'll believe it when it happens to me. So I, I had these, you know, kind of unusual experiences at different, the different locations I mentioned. And, uh, you know, maybe there are people that get out and do this and they don't have any experiences right away. And they just go, well, well, one, this is boring. And two, <laughs> you know, nothing happened. So they just decide I'm not going to do it anymore. But, uh, you know, it didn't happen that way for me. So I think it really exceeded my expectations. And it just kept me wanting to explore more and find out more. So, again, I just started working with the group. And uh, now we here we are. We're almost 10 years into this, and I'm still going. So, as they say, the, the rest is history. You're like the Energizer Bunny. <laughs> Sorry about that. Curry, Gene, Tim, you're in. A little Pentecost. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. SilverLungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs Generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs Generator and Lung Delivery System at SilverLungs.com. That's SilverLungs.com. G'day, I'm Jamel that works with Dr. Joel Wallach and the GCN team with Longevity at TeamG'day.com. By becoming an associate, you provide income for you and your family on your own hours while working from home. So contact me, Jamel, by filling in the contact box at TeamG'day.com and I will get back to you personally and provide all the support you need to get started and build your Longevity business. TeamG'day.com. TeamG'day.com. USA News Update. The death toll expected to rise after a tornado ripped across Mississippi. Lots of damage is being reported, especially in Rolling Fork, a town of about 2,000 in the Mississippi Delta. The state's House Speaker, Mike Gunn, says he's seen a lot of destruction in one little town. Yeah, I am actually at ground zero here in Rolling Fork, Mississippi. Uh, Words just cannot describe the devastation that, that I'm seeing. Dozens of people were also injured by the tornado, and several are missing. I'm Dave Collins. 
Three people have been confirmed dead, several others wounded after an explosion at the R.M. Palmer factory, a historic chocolate factory in Pennsylvania. Former Democratic New York Governor Andrew Cuomo criticizing Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg over his focus on potentially prosecuting former President Donald Trump. Corey Myers, USA News. I had no idea it would destroy my life. But before it happened, I had a successful business in Austin, Texas. Everyone laughed at me when I shut that business down, but I could not ignore the wake-up call. I was volunteering on a project to get locally grown food into a school. That project was a complete failure, and I discovered that there were few local farmers, there's only four days' worth of food in the grocery stores, and everything comes 1,500 miles via a just-in-time trucking system. I lost friends and family who told me I was crazy to worry about that, but I kept at it. I'm Marjorie Wildcraft. Those of us who know what's going on in the world know you need to become self-reliant before the dollar collapses. I've created a free webinar at GCNfood.com. I can show you, like I've shown hundreds of thousands of people, how to grow lots of food, even if you have no experience, you're older, or you're out of shape. Do it now before the stores are boarded up and food is not available at any price. Go to GCNfood.com gcnfood.com Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, veterinarian and naturopathic physician. The Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy with an important message. Take charge of your health. Do not continue to blindly follow the system that has failed us all. I appreciate GCN listeners because you're open-minded and intelligent. If our system is so great, why is it that the United States, the USA, ranks nearly 60th worldwide in longevity and number one in obesity? All the while, we spend more money than all the other countries combined annually on unnecessary health care procedures and toxic drugs. It doesn't take much to get on track, not with the government or pharmaceutical companies, but rather you in control of your own health with a basic understanding of nutrition and supplementation. FDI Longevity has the finest quality health, sports, and energy supplements available. GCN listeners are invited to join our team of people who want to stay healthy well into old age. We are currently looking for specialists to represent FDI Longevity and save America. To buy products at wholesale prices or join our business team, go to GCNteam.com. That's GCNteam.com. Support GCN. Get healthy. This is Big the Merciless. You are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio, exactly according to my plan. No, he's not the Energizer, buddy. Listen, let me ask you a favor here. We, of course, have you for our main show and also the After the Paracast podcast for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. Would you be able to offer us any of those audio files to present when we do the second show so they can listen? Maybe we can get some responses and see what others think about it. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, We could go to my website. I've got a handful of them. I was on uh, Richard Serrett's show, Strange Planet, and he actually played a few of the EVPs as well. There's one on there that, you know, I've got a really, really good story I can share that's associated with one of the EVPs that I believe is on the website. And uh, I have plans to go on there and uh, upload some more of the EVPs here in short order. So maybe within the next week or so, I'll be uploading some more of the EVPs. I've got a ton of them. I just, it's just, I haven't uploaded near as many as I would like to. But yeah, there's a handful of them on there We we could try out. We'll present that then in the After the Paracast podcast. Now, to kind of shortcut this, because we're well past the 
halfway point on our main episode, and I wanted to get into some of your other interests. So obviously you're doing active ghost hunting. Before we go on, though, all this phenomena that you've encountered, now, do you consider yourself just lucky to be at the right place at the right time, or is something following you around, not to make you paranoid, of course? Well, well, first of all, let me back up for a minute. I don't like the term ghost hunting. I prefer the word paranormal investigating. And there's a reason for that. The reason why I don't like ghost hunting is because to me, and I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Uh, there's people that go on public events and they want to, you know, just go out and have some fun and go quote ghost hunting, quote unquote ghost hunting. So I don't like the term. And the reason why I don't like the term, because if you've been doing this for a long time and you're working with a paranormal group, I just think that, I've gotten to the stage where, you know, to me, this is research and it is investigating. You know, I'm not a professional researcher. I'm not a scientist and I'm not going to claim to be, but I've been doing it a long time. And, you know, I just think it, it just sounds more professional and kind of speaks to a little bit more to what we're doing as a paranormal group. So I don't really use the term ghost hunting. Uh, I don't really like it to me it almost kind of smacks of thrill-seeking. Um, although I'm not going to lie, there is a thrill aspect to this, uh, absolutely. You always want to have that experience that kind of gets your blood flowing. Or, But we also want to capture evidence of this. So we're really trying to go out and, one, try to be as objective as we can, you know, when you're trying to, go into a location. One, we don't want to hear too many stories about what people are experiencing there because we don't want to be uh, preconditioned, right, going into a location. We don't want somebody to say, well, this and this and this has happened, and now we're looking for this, this, and this, right? Instead of going into a location fresh and just kind of trying to fill the place out and kind of investigate and see what we find on our own, if that makes sense. You talked about uh, thrill-seeking. I listened to uh, an audio not too long ago that uh, was recorded in in England where a group was uh, um, at a haunted location and uh, uh, we're having like, you know, small rocks and other things uh, thrown at them. And supposedly, you know, at some point in this recording, there is a, you know, like an alleged uh, paranormal voice that, you know, says get out or, or something, something along those lines. However, throughout this recording, every time that you would hear something fall, this group would shriek and scream like a bunch of school kids on holiday. And it, it, it was really irritating to listen to that. Uh, and, and, you know, my first thought, well, okay, so is, is this how paranormal investigation has devolved? Or are these people just, you know, out at this location for a laugh? Right. 
Yeah, and so you get that sometimes. You know, maybe it's a group of young kids trying to spook themselves. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. When I was younger, we'd go, <laughs> we went into cemeteries just for the thrill of it. You know, uh, young teenagers out later than we should have been out, that sort of thing. Uh, and there's some people just out there to kind of try and spook themselves, and they're they're out for that thrill of it. And yeah, so you do have some of that. I will say early on as I was working with the group, we went to another location, which is Fort Douglas. Um, so a lot of history at Fort Douglas in Salt Lake City. Uh, we went to this location. It's actually uh, called the Commander's House, the old Commander's House. So, uh, again, early on working with the group, I think it was like maybe my third or fourth investigation with the group. So we're there. We had a couple of guests along with us and, you know, we're investigating in this commander's house and again, quiet night. Uh, you know, there are times, I don't know how many times I went out and investigated the locations and it's just dead quiet. And, uh, you know, you're walking around, uh, sitting around trying to do EVP sessions and nothing's happening. You know, absolutely nothing's happening. That's kind of the way it was happening this night out at uh, Fort Douglas at the commander's house location. Uh, and uh, we all kind of congregated. We call it base camp, and this is the area where we, you know, set our equipment up. Um, sometimes we'll set up CCTV, you know, a CCTV camera system, a live audio, that sort of thing. It's just kind of a place where we uh, sometimes just group together, talk, maybe have a snack, uh, talk about how the investigation's going. So it was a slow night, and we're all kind of just sitting in the room with the door closed, what we had set up as our base camp. And we're just sitting there chatting. And all of a sudden, it starts sounding like somebody is walking down the outside, just the hall right outside the room we're in, and walking along. And then it sounded almost like footsteps went down the street because there's a staircase at the end of that hall that goes down to the basement. And so I looked at the director of our group and I said, did you hear that? And he goes, yeah, I heard it. And he goes, we get that here sometimes. Very nonchalantly says, yeah, we get that here sometimes. And so I guess what I was kind of taken aback by was like, it was no big deal, Right. It was like, hey, this is something we have happened. I mean, uh, you know, some of the members of the group had been doing it for quite a long time. So for me, I'm wanting to jump up, grab the recorder, and go out there, and which I, I did. I went out and explored. I think there was another person in the group went out with me, and, you know, we went out in the hallway and then down the stairs, and, you know, we went out to explore the noise. Uh, but... You know, just to kind of speak to what you just mentioned, Tim, <laughs> some of the group members, it was like, it was almost like they had been desensitized to that kind of thing. You know, they'd had so many experiences. It was kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, we've had that happen here. No big deal. You know, I'm going to want to move to other subjects here because your bio lists 97,000 different things you do. And sure. so far we've focused on the EVPs and other phenomena related to paranormal research. And we're happy to do that. And like I said, we're looking forward to hearing more when we do our premium show. But you wrote this book, Walking in the Shadows of Strangers. 
And in our next segment, I'm going to want to ask you about that and then go through very quickly some of the subjects that you cover and get your opinions about it, especially things like reincarnation, the men in black, and stuff like that. So get yourself ready. We've got Curry Stegan. We've got Gene Steinberg. We have Tim Swartz. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream, a dream that turns out to be a nightmare because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the protectors find out more at rockoids.com that's rockoids r-o-c-k-o-i-d-s dot com if you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity this will be the most important message you'll hear this year here's why we now have a small number of solar generators back in stock these emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. No matter where you live, what you make, or who you voted for, there are some things that will impact all of us soon. Whether you're concerned about extreme weather, the alarming increase in man-made disasters, or worsening food shortages... Americans are preparing in numbers not seen since World War II. What's changed is how we prepare. And the folks at My Patriot Supply have made it easier than ever for you to have peace of mind, knowing you're ready for what's next. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and stock up on their popular three-month emergency food kit. They include tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners with over 2,000 calories per day. Get at least one kit per person. For a limited time... Save $200, plus get free shipping on your three-month supply at MyPatriotSupply.com. Too many Americans are being let down by institutions we used to trust. It's time to rely on ourselves. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com now. MyPatriotSupply.com. Wellness and self-care doesn't have to be complicated. So keep it simple and take good care of yourself with Sunny Bay Heating Pads. Our heating pads soothe pains in the neck, back, and shoulders while relaxing muscles and increasing blood circulation. 
Sunny Bay heating pads have always been made in the USA and hand-filled to perfection with the highest quality materials. Sunny Bay heating pads are the perfect wellness gift for loved ones or yourself. See all of our high-quality products at sunny-bay.com, including heated body pads, neck pillows, heated neck and body wraps, and our stress-reducing lavender line. They're all affordable, durable, and in stock now and ready for immediate shipping direct from sunny-bay.com. Read our trusted, authentic, and real reviews at sunny-bay.com or just search for Sunny Bay Heating Pad. To your good health and wellness from Sunny Bay. My name is Richard Dolan. You're listening to the Paracast. Your book, Curry. How did you come to write it? Yeah, that's uh, that's a good question. So, you know, I, I started the Passion for the Paranormal podcast uh, back in late 2017. And initially, when I started the podcast, it was supposed to be a podcast that uh, I was going to host and other group members were going to participate in. So that's that's really how it kind of started out. Uh, but I quickly found out that some of the some of the other group members really didn't want to, you know, take the time to do like weekly, you know, episodes and that sort of stuff. So I kind of just started. I, I took it and just started um, doing the podcast on my own. And uh, as I started doing the podcast, I started, you know, again, I mentioned that uh, I had a UFO experience when I was a young kid. Never had one since. I have always been fascinated by the UFO subject and going all the way back to the 1947 Roswell incident. Uh, one of the first books I read uh, was The Day After Roswell by Philip Corso. And I don't know if you guys are familiar, probably are familiar with that book. We do know William Burns, and we do, by the way, have enough feeling about it that whatever might have happened to Corso, that book reaches some very questionable conclusions, just to let you know, okay? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I just say that's one of the uh, first books I kind of read going into the UFO subject. I read many more. But as I was doing the podcast, I started just further exploring into other topics. I started branching out into having guests that have had near-death experiences, uh, psychics, mediums. Uh, I even, you know, had Rob Shelsky on the show. He, he wrote the book about the Mandela effect. So I just started branching out and exploring all these different topics. And then uh, eventually I got to the point, I thought, well, you know, this journey in the paranormal has been interesting for me. And, uh, you know, I've, I've had so many things I've experienced. I started wanting to write them down, right? And so I just kind of started writing down some of this stuff. And eventually I just decided, you know what, why not just make this a book? You know, tell your story. And so... In my book, really, it's not only about just how I started in this and how I kind of went from, like I said, I, I, I call myself a curious skeptic, how I kind of went from a curious skeptic into, you know, going further and for, further into this and further exploring the paranormal. And as I did, and as I started doing the podcast and started 
becoming more open to some of these other subjects, my mind started to kind of open up and expand. And so and I started reading books about like Jeffrey Long's Evidence of the Afterlife, his research into near-death experience phenomena. And, you know, I just started having more and more guests, uh, you know, on the show where I'm exploring some of these other topics. Alien abductions. I just really wanted to explore the gamut of it. But really, I think getting involved in the paranormal and then starting the podcast, it kind of just opened me up to all these other subjects. And if you want to call it a spiritual awakening, if you will, I guess I can call it that. I, it just kind of expanded my mind into all these other subject areas. And I started, you know, wanting to explore more into others, not just into paranormal investigating. So ultimately the book is, one, how I got started in the paranormal and my experiences there, and how I come out the other end of it, open to all these other sorts of things, consciousness, you know, and all these other, I've explored remote viewing on the show and all, all kinds of other subjects, but how it's just kind of opened me up into all these other spiritual possibilities, if you will. Have you come to realize with all these things going on, and we all accept that this is a very strange world in which we live, that there's also a fair amount of fakery? Have you contacted much of that? Well, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you have to have some deal of discernment uh, when you're doing this stuff. Now, you know, I've explored even demonic possession on the show and all that kind of stuff. Now, I have my own opinions about that. I have never experienced anything I would say was even close to demonic, right? Anything bad. I haven't had things follow me home. Uh, and so, yeah, I've had, I, I've had my name called on EVPs. I've been called names before. Uh, and I've had voices come through the recorder, and there's one particular location that we've investigated a number of times where we've pretty much run the gamut of different types of paranormal experiences. But I say that because it doesn't mean it's not worthy of some sort of exploration or kind of delving into it. But for me, I just tend to not go that direction. I think personally a person in this life, and perhaps when they move on to the afterlife, maybe they carry on that personality and they carry a lot of those carry a lot of those personality traits on into the afterlife. Let's go to some of the other subjects you deal with there. And you mentioned, of course, that you're interested in Roswell because you mentioned that was the first book. And, and obviously, there are lots of different choices. There are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of UFO books and books about the paranormal. But you mentioned specifically reincarnation among the topics. And the reason I brought that up is because people in our forums have begun to discuss that after we announced that you'd be on the show. So what is your take on reincarnation? Is it what it seems to be that you are reborn in another body to go on? Yeah, so uh, I have definitely had guests on that have talked about this. I've had psychics and mediums that have talked about it. From what I've read, and, and, and you know, some of this uh, kind of crosses also over into the near-death experiences, uh, because I think they're very compelling and there's a lot of research for it. But there's also cases where people, and I'll use James Leninger as a perfect example, uh, at a young age seem to recall stuff that's happened in some previous life. Uh, in James Leninger's case, 
he seems to recall being a World War II fighter pilot at a very young age and uh, has mentioned crew members. And, uh, you know, um, he goes to the model airplane store or whatever, goes to the store with his mom, and his mom picks up this model airplane, and she's looking at it. And uh, she looks at the bomb, goes, look at the bomb on the bottom of that plane. And James says, Mom, that's not a bomb, that's a fuel tank. How do you know that at four years old? Like, how at four years old do you have that kind of knowledge? Unless you're just a, you know, an absolute genius at four years old. I don't know how you know that kind of stuff. Um, how do you know crew members that family members and others have went back and have checked out and said, yeah, these people check out? There's, I mean, it's just an absolutely fascinating case. And uh, I just recently watched a video about another kid who claims to have been reincarnated and was the, and I don't remember the, the, the writer's name, the guy who wrote Gone with the Wind. Uh, but this kid at a very young age told his mother, uh, he was born on the 21st of June, and he told his mother, no, Mom, I was not born, born on the 21st of June. I was born on the 26th of June. And actually, he actually referred to his mom as his daughter, and her name was Jennifer. Well, it just so happens that that the, the author, again, I, his name escapes me, the guy who wrote Gone with the Wind, he had a daughter by the name of Jennifer. By the way, it was it's, written by a woman, Margaret Mitchell. Okay, so it's either the writer or producer. I'm not sure which. Okay, so um, I'm not sure which, but... I was just watching a video of it, and so maybe it was the producer. I'm not sure. I have to go back and watch the video. Um, but it was interesting because he was recalling facts about this individual that at a very young age that it was kind of like, how would he know these things, right? Uh, and there's been many other cases. There's been cases where people have bare scars on their body that they remember a previous life where something happened. They got shot, and there's a scar. You got shot uh, in the neck or in the shoulder, and there's a scar there that, you know, resembles what happened. They say believe happened to them in a previous life. And sometimes this happens at a very, very early age. So, um, Hey, let me interrupt you here for a minute. We have a question from uh, one of our uh, listeners, Richard Hopkins, and uh, uh, he wants to know, dealing with reincarnation from uh, uh, what your guests have told you and from what uh, uh, you've researched yourself, do you get to choose what you come back as? We will find out the answer from Curry, if there is an answer to that, in our next segment with Curry, Gene, and Tim, you're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. 
And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Stop aging now. Restore those joints. Boost your strength. Because it's official. Nutramedical has released the most exciting, powerful anti-aging supplement on the market. Dr. Bill Deagle's Red Deer Velvet DR has been approved by the U.S. Patent Office. Imagine stem cell rejuvenation all in one capsule without huge expense. Dr. Bill MD discovered that as an unborn baby grows in the mother's womb, he or she does not deteriorate or physically age. Red Deer Velvet DR, like the uterus, provides 300 biomolecules and six hormones protected in one special DR capsule that delivers lipid packages directly into your circulation. This patented technology bypasses the stomach and is released into the small bowel unaltered by digestive enzymes and stomach acid. Remember, Red Deer Velvet DR. Improve endurance, stimulate your immune system, increase learning ability, and even improve sexual libido with Red Deer Velvet DR. Click NutriMedical.com. That's N-U-T-R-I Medical.com. Or call toll-free 888-212-8871 and get on the road to a newer, rejuvenated, happier you. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Our eager co-host Tim Swartz asked Curry Steegan question about reincarnation. Curry, what's your response? That's an interesting question, and I, you know, <laughs> I'd say I don't know. The jury's still out on that. It seems to me that reincarnation is all about um, our soul's journey and learning new experiences and having new life experiences and perhaps growing from those. So there's a lot of talk of spirit guides, life reviews. All of this stuff is is quite interesting because it kind of dovetails with the near-death experiences. And the reason why I say that is, go back to Jeffrey Long's book, Evidence of the Afterlife, They've got over 5,000 cases they've amassed in their research between him and his wife now. A lot of what they talk about in the book kind of dovetails with this topic as well, and that is that we not only do we do some sort of life review after we pass on from this state and into the afterlife, it seems like perhaps we do go through some sort of life review and try and learn from those life experiences and perhaps Maybe we don't get it right, or maybe there's things we don't get right, and maybe we come back and try and learn and try and progress as a soul uh, from those experiences. Now, whether we get to decide exactly who we come back as, I don't know. (laughs) I'd say the jury's still out on that. I, I don't really know, but perhaps we do have some sort of say in how we come back, and maybe it's ultimately about coming back into a life where we perhaps can kind of work on things and try and progress in that, you know, kind of soul progression. The thing I worry about with reincarnation is if you don't remember a previous life and what you did wrong, how do you correct it or you just continue 
doing it again and again until you hope you'll get it right. Right. And that is one of the uh, criticisms people say. Well, if that's the case, then why don't when we come back to a new life, why don't we have memory of a previous life? And I think some people would say, well, maybe at an early age, sometimes we do. Maybe what happens in this life is that's kind of stripped, that's stripped away from us. You know, we are in this very uh, materialistic kind of society, especially in Western society where, you know, science rules the day, right? So um, if you can't reproduce it in a lab, if you can't reproduce something in a lab and prove it scientifically, then science is going to throw it out. And a lot of people are going to throw it out. And so that's the kind of, I mean, I think that's a lot of what it has a lot to do with it in Western society. If you look at Eastern cultures, they're really a lot more open. I think more and more people are kind of becoming more open to this idea. You know, I don't want to, you know, I don't, I don't want to offend anybody. I mean, you know, there's just people with different religious backgrounds out there, but I'm going to be honest with you. I've went through different phases of my life and I've went through that kind of, Christian rebirth, um, born again, Christian phase. Um, and I always had a hard time with thinking we only got a one shot to get this right. Right. So one shot, if you don't get it right, it's one or the other option. If you don't get it right, uh, you know, and, and I always had a problem with that, that always, even when I was in that season of my life, I always kind of had a problem with that. Oh yeah. I've heard of a lot of cases of children and as you said before, there are a lot of children who, who seem to have a memory of a previous life up to about a certain age. But, you know, a lot of these kids will tell their parents that uh, that they were allowed to choose who their parents were going to be before they were born. Just just tell them that matter, you know, just really just matter of factly. And uh, so, I mean, I always, always found that interesting. And then there are other cases where there doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason for a rebirth right right and i uh, <laughs> i've had guests on my show where i say well if it's so blissful on the other side you know this is my skeptical side uh if it's so blissful on the other side then why when we go there do we want to come back <laughs> <laughs> they don't give me a choice <laughs> get back there when you talk about near-death experiences of course there are some who connect that with UFO abductions. There are many similarities. Right. Yeah, there is, and that's interesting because people, some people who have uh, alien abduction experiences, uh, it, it does seem to kind of open them up to perhaps other paranormal type experiences. Uh, uh, either that or somebody who has a near-death experience now seems to be a little bit more perhaps psychic, a little bit more intuitive. Uh, and uh, another interesting case is that of Dave Ditchfield. Uh, and he was on my show a while back, and he uh, had a near-death experience. I don't know if it was out of body or near death. I don't know if he was ever actually clinically dead, uh, but he seemed to have an experience where he kind of passed on to that other side and came back. And uh, the unusual thing about him is he seemed to come back with newfound abilities that he didn't have before. 
so you're going to get the materialists that are going to say, well, perhaps something was unlocked in his brain that wasn't there before when he had that experience. Uh, maybe it just opens up, opened up something in his brain that, you know, wasn't open there before. Uh, but, you know, this guy started composing music. He started painting, uh, and he had never painted well before in his life. And uh, suddenly he seems to have these newfound abilities, <laughs> which is just quite bizarre to me because I don't, I don't know how that happens. Well, we wonder sometimes what causes inspiration. Can you dream of a hit record like Paul McCartney did with Let It Be in Yesterday? Right. Right. Uh, yeah. And, you know, again, the skeptics are probably going to come back and say, <laughs> well, maybe, you know, that traumatic experience, maybe it did something to his brain that just opened something up that wasn't there before. Um, you know, but, you know, the skeptics are probably going to say that was not probably a near-death experience or out-of-body experience. It just maybe opened up something and locked something in the brain. I don't know. Uh, it's interesting how people do seem to come back from these experiences. And again, there's a number of them cited in Jeffrey Long's book. Uh, they come back and they have a new zeal for life, zest for life. They come back no longer afraid of death. And I'm not saying this is all the cases. Obviously, there's there's some there where some people will say, hey, I clinically died and I didn't experience anything, right? I experienced darkness uh but there's so many other cases where people have had similar experiences and then they come back and they seem to now have a new they're no longer afraid of dying i guess if you say and they they seem to have a new look on life some people change careers some people go into healing work uh there's even been medical doctors who've had near-death experiences who have had career changes after a result of their experiences. Well, and it's it's not just near-death experiences. As Gene pointed out, uh, uh, you know, uh, UFO abduction experiences uh, at times seem to resemble near-death experiences. But there is also that factor, as you described, where people will come back after having a UFO experience, and it doesn't necessarily have to even be an abduction experience, uh, profoundly changed. Uh, as you stated, they'll, they'll have new interests, or suddenly they'll understand uh, higher levels of, of, of mathematics. And, and at times, the personality change is so extreme that they become estranged from their family members who are like, he's changed, not the same person as before the uh, their, their UFO experience. I'm going to ask you some more questions about abductions and what might be the cause behind them. Is it ET or something else? We have Curry Stigan, Gene Steinberg, Tim Swartz are in the Paracast. <laughs> Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. 
They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Tehebo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea helps build red corpuscles in the blood, which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop, and cancer dies in oxygen. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit shopsupertea.com. The first word is shop, spelled S-H-O-P, then the word super, and then the word tea. The complete website is shopsupertea.com or call us at 818-984-6100 Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-984-6100. ShopSuperTea.com. G'day, I'm Jamel that works with Dr. Joel Wallach and the GCN team with Longevity at TeamG'day.com. By becoming an associate, you provide income for you and your family on your own hours while working from home. So contact me, Jamel, by filling in the contact box at teamg'day.com and I will get back to you personally and provide all the support you need to get started and build your longevity business. Teamg'day.com. Teamg'day.com. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. We'd like to hear from you. 
If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So the surface examination of a UFO abduction is that somebody is kidnapped by some beings from a flying saucer, taken aboard the flying saucer, maybe given a physical examination, whatever, told about hybrid beings, a whole bunch of things. Curry, what do you think about abductions? Are they what they seem to be? Or are people just perceiving something they can't understand and they're trying to put it in their own words? Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's that's a tough one. That is a really tough one because there's so many different types of experiences people have out there. Some people are abducted and they have the most horrific experience and they come back with PTSD. So this kind of notion that, you know, I've had Preston Dennett on the show several times and his idea of all this is that ultimately these ETs are peaceful. And they do have a peaceful agenda, right? If it is ETs that people are really experiencing when they are abducted. I don't know because there's so many different types of experiences. Some people come back as with having take negative takeaways from getting abducted. Some people get abducted and they have this kind of epiphany, if you will. Like uh, Tim, I think, just mentioned. They come back and now they see things in a different light. Maybe they're more spiritually awake. So that's a hard one to answer because there's so many different types of abduction cases. Maybe some of these are not truly physical. Maybe they are more of a, there's psychics and mediums or people in that kind of work that talk about different dimensions. So perhaps there are some beings, whether they're extraterrestrial or whatever we want to call them, they're kind of operating in these different dimensions. And perhaps they're not even physically here when people have these experiences. You know, there's some sort of holographic projection, whatever, that people are experiencing. And maybe other experiences are, no kidding, people are taking aboard craft and are shown things. And who knows? Like, there's so many different types of experiences out there. It's really hard to kind of put your finger on this and say, you know, all these people are really getting abducted by ETs and getting taken aboard craft. Or, you know, maybe some of them are having, maybe these beings are being, are showing up to them in some sort of mental projection. I don't know. It's really, really hard to put your finger on this stuff because it is such a complex issue. Have you ever looked into the connection between, say, like uh, uh, other types of paranormal activity, UFO phenomena, cryptid sightings, and haunted locations, not so much, say, like just like, like a singular haunted house or haunted building, but maybe more of a location, kind of like a cemetery that you looked into, where not only are there reports of ghostly activity, but activity of, of other kinds. Two other cases that I can think of, I mean, and one ever, most everybody already knows about now with the show, and that's Skinwalker Ranch, where, you know, when Robert Bigelow was there with his team of researchers, they had pretty much experienced everything under the sun. 
UFO sightings. Uh, heck, I mean, it was mentioned that some sort of weird portal seemed to open up and some beam came out of it and went back into it. Uh, another one that comes to mind is the one in Pennsylvania that Stan Gordon has been researching, and that's the Chestnut Ridge area, where people are experiencing not only seeing UFOs, but weird cryptid-like creatures, Bigfoot-like creatures. And oftentimes when Stan's research this stuff, it's happening across multiple counties in the Chestnut Ridge region. Um, people who have seen strange Bigfoot-like creatures, they've shot at them, and to no effect, it seems. And then not only are they seeing these, but strange crafts or strange lights in the sky. I personally have not had those kinds of experiences where I've seen UFOs and paranormal activity, but I would say those are a couple of cases in point where there seems to be all kinds of stuff going on. And that's why I think it's so interesting to explore this stuff because it makes you wonder whether all unexplained phenomena, if there is a nexus between it all and if there's a connection between all this. I always like to call it like the uh, grand unified field theory of, of the paranormal. Yeah, so it, it kind of begs the question. So, uh, And I talk about it in the book a little bit towards the end. Um, can I say that the paranormal stuff that I've experienced is that of people who have passed on uh, that are ghosts. I, I can't say that with a certainty. How do I know that I am not experiencing some, you know, something happens in the environment where there's some sort of strange time slip or there's some sort of interdimensional aspect to this? I mean, the, you know, with quantum physics and all this that, uh, you know, been talked about recently, it's kind of opens up the possibilities. And so, you know, I talk about that because oftentimes when I am capturing EVPs or paranormal evidence, you know, it's not so easy. It doesn't fit into a neat box. I can't oftentimes go back and verify historically that, okay, this voice is this person. It's this name, and it, you know, that hasn't been my experience in paranormal investigation. You'll watch on shows where, you know, they get activity, and they're able to go back and say, well, we tied this to the history, and, you know, this person died in this house, and we think that's the person haunting this house. That's not been my experience. Like, yeah, I get EVPs, and I've had many strange things happen. I've seen self-illuminating balls of light in locations that float right in front of my face. But I don't know what the cause of these are. I can't say for certainty that I'm dealing with spirits who passed on when I've had these experiences. And so I'm really open to the possibilities of what it could be. I remember an episode of um, um, Ghost Hunters where and I can't remember the location, but it was they were uh, they were set up in a bedroom that had belonged at some time in the past for, uh, to, to to somebody who was who had been in royalty, and one of them had uh, one of the investigators had had uh, uh, called out uh, like. Uh, um, where are you? Or you know, we're we're here. Where are you? And they they caught it both on the video cameras and on their recorder. This female's voice 
that laughed and it's very clear she laughed and said well i'm right here where are you and it just always made me think about the the whole time slip phenomena when it comes to hauntings because you have situations like that and situations where people report that they'll encounter a full-bodied apparition that then the apparition will look just as surprised and scared as the people are who are having the experience. We will continue this in our next segment with Tim Curry and Gene. You're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. You don't sit behind a desk every day to earn a living. You're out and about making it happen. And sometimes you get a little bit behind on your paperwork. You know, like bookkeeping and paying your taxes. It's easy to get behind on paying your taxes. It happens to the best of us. And you know what happens next. The big bad IRS comes knocking on your door. And when that happens, you need to call the good old boys at the tax doctor. Let them do what they do best. Deal and negotiate with the IRS so you pay the lowest you can in back taxes that the law allows. We are a 100% U.S.-based company, and we've saved our clients millions over the years in back taxes. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, call my friends right now at the tax doctor and learn more. 800-507-3137. That's 800-507-3137. Say news update. Idaho will now allow execution by firing squad. Governor Brad Little signed the legislation after the state has experienced difficulty in securing drugs needed to carry out lethal injections. Idaho is now the fifth state in the nation to allow death by firing squad. Others include Mississippi, Utah, Oklahoma, and South Carolina. The law will go into effect July 1st. I'm Dave Collins. The death toll expected to rise after a massive tornado tore across Mississippi. Former President Donald Trump returning to the campaign trail yesterday with a rally in Waco, Texas. And a Delta Airlines passenger on a flight from L.A. was arrested yesterday for allegedly opening an emergency exit door aboard the plane and causing the plane's emergency slide to be activated prior to takeoff. He slid down that slide and was stopped by luggage workers. Corey Myers, USA News. Have you ever watched a video on the Internet and found yourself waiting for the skip the ad button? The reason this takes a few seconds is because the video delivery companies get to collect impression commission, and the viewer never sees the advertisement. The company still pays full price to run the ad. Does this sound like a scam to you? Is there any wonder why Internet ads are so ineffective? For over 100 years, radio has been a proven source for companies' messages. Radio listeners are engaged and want to support the companies that sponsor the shows they're so passionate about. Simple companies like window treatments, security, pillow companies, and more have been able to break away from the big box stores, building multi-million dollar businesses. Find out what radio can do for your business. Call 877-996-4327 or advertise at GCNlive.com. That's advertise at GCNlive.com. 
As Dr. Wallach says, we all have nutrient deficiencies in our diets and must supplement with 90 essential nutrients in proper balances. At no cost or obligation, get a personal certified holistic health coach to help you develop a supplement program based on Dr. Wallach's recommendations. Call Linda at 833-VITAL-90. That number to call is 833-848-2590. That's 833-VITAL-90. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Mineral Doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for Life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthrodex for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So the target of the experience is frightened. The source of the experience is frightened or startled. (laughs) Tell us more, Tim Swartz. (laughs) Oh, well, that's about it. I mean, it's just like... uh, uh, is this a time slip experience where somewhere in the past, you know, somebody sees people dressed in, you know, they wouldn't know that modern clothing that they're like, oh, who are these weird people haunting my house? And then vice versa. Right. I think of the movie, I think it was called The Others with Nicole Kidman. And it was a brilliant plot because, you know, all the time you think that they are experiencing haunted activity in the home. And, you know, that they're experiencing paranormal activity and they're alive. And it turns out at the end of the movie, they're the ones that are dead and it's the living that are haunting them. (laughs) And so, you know, that was a brilliant plot, I thought, you know, original. And it does beg the question, yeah, are we haunting them as well? You know, I don't know. Well, I mean, it, it it would make sense considering, like I said, all these cases where the alleged ghosts at times appear to be just as frightened when they're spotted. And that's another thing uh, with, with a lot of these encounters is these entities act surprised when they're seen. Like maybe they're used to being invisible, and then occasionally when somebody is able to see them, they're just like, oh. What's happening? (laughs) Yeah, that's that's interesting. And I guess I would say I've never seen a full body apparition. I've had all kinds of other experiences, but I've never witnessed a full body apparition. Now, I've seen shadows that dart across the wall. And it's almost like like I'll give you the like the example when I walked into that storage building and a shadow darted across the wall. It was like I had spooked something. It was running away. It felt like to me. So, you know, and I've seen other shadows in locations. Uh, We were in a location on 25th Street here, and me and our deputy director were standing looking. We're in this restaurant, Rooster's Restaurant, I can say it, historic, 25th Street. We're on the second floor of this restaurant. We're looking down the hallway here, and we see the shadow walk across in front of us, looking like it's going up the stairs. We both saw it. You know, we both just kind of looked at each other like, wow, 
I don't think shadows qualify as full body apparitions because typically when somebody sees a full body apparition, they're seeing detail there. Almost like just somebody in person standing there in front of you. If they see clothing, they see details of a face. Sometimes they see half-body apparitions, and there's one location that our group has investigated, and some of the members of the group have investigated probably 40, 50 times uh, because it's just been such an active location over the years. And some of the people there have seen full-body apparitions. I never have, but I've had all kinds of other experiences at the location. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's just really, really hard, though, to say that what I'm capturing is truly uh, a ghost, somebody who's passed on and is just lingering at a location. Because again, oftentimes I can't go back and tie the history and tie it to a specific person and all that. And I know that happens on a lot of the shows, but it just has not been my experience. Well, with your experience and the experiences of, of others in your group, do you think that you are dealing with, and again, whatever it is, you know, like an actual conscious intelligence or a recording, so to speak? Because that, that was a popular theory for quite a while, that that hauntings are just somehow, you know, an emotional imprint right. on the location you know what about your own personal experiences yeah so i you know i'm not gonna win a whole lot of uh people over by saying this probably but i'm gonna say it anyways i i'm not sold on the idea of residual hauntings mm -hmm. and the reason why i'm not sold on it uh and again i'm probably in the minority here because parapsychologists talk about it uh and a, a lot of people in the paranormal field say there's something in the environment that just keeps replaying. Until I'm able to go into a location and capture the same phenomena at the same time, the same location, or somebody can provide evidence to me that they can duplicate that at the same time in the same place over and over again, maybe I'll be a little bit more convinced that there's something to residual hauntings. But at this point, I'm not convinced. Now, having said that, we capture EVPs that probably about 10 to 20% of the time seem to be intelligent. They seem to be saying something. Uh, I'll give you an example. We're setting up equipment at a, at a location. I'm not at liberty to mention the name of the location, but uh, we're, I mentioned that our groups have visited it a number of times. We're setting up equipment, and it's me and another female investigator. We're up on the floor alone, and I capture a, women, a woman's voice come through my recorder and say, what are you guys doing? Hmm. So it's like they are, they are responding to something I'm doing in the environment or in the location, right? I, I mentioned the flashlight. I've had many, many EVPs where it seems to be a response to something we are doing. And so that seems to be intelligent. Now, all the other EVPs that we capture seem to be fairly random, right? Um, we're in a location and, you know, I'm speaking hypothetically, I'm making this up, but you get a voice that says cigarettes, okay? None of us are smoking or anything like that. So, like, why did we get that word, right? You get EVPs like that all the time. They're just simply random. 
and you don't understand. Yeah, you know, like it's it has nothing to do with what you're doing. The voice just simply comes through. And so I wish most of the EVPs that we did capture were intelligent, but they tend to be, you know, like I said, maybe about 10 to 20%, and the rest seem to be fairly random. You talk about uh, your group setting up uh, their equipment. What kind of equipment uh, would you normally use on a, uh, on a, on a typical investigation? Well, for me, it's, uh, it's always going to be voice recorders. And uh, for the group, uh, there's oftentimes they're setting up recorders in different locations. I tend to maybe use one or two recorders because who has time to go through voice recorders for hours and hours and hours? Uh, I certainly don't anymore. Uh, we set up night vision cameras. I mean, those are the big ones. I mean, if you're going to capture something you consider evidential, it's either going to be on camera or it's going to be on a voice recorder, right? So those are your big go-tos. Um, then you have your other devices, the controversial ones. I mentioned the flashlights. Uh, people say that's a loose connection. That's not a good technique to use. Hey, I'm, I'm also about experimentation. I'm experimenting with things. Uh, if I have, and we use EMF devices, electromagnetic field devices, millimeters, and those sorts of things. Sometimes we're using them to measure how much EMF is in an environment. And let me give you a case in point. I investigated, and this was outside of the group. I went with a couple of friends. I got invited to go investigate an old private school here in northern Utah. So we went and investigated this location. I had my sister-in-law with me, me, and a couple of friends, and a lady who actually did volunteer work at the location. She got us in there. A lot of reported activity over the years, supposedly, at this old school. We go into this hallway that leads into the gymnasium, into the basketball court. A lot of people were talking about getting uneasy feelings, being watched. I don't know, just weird kinds of stuff happening in that location. So we take our EMF readers. We walk down that hallway. We're getting really high EMF readings. We will learn more about this in our next segment, which will be the last one for our main show before he rejoins us, Curry, on the After the Paracast podcast with Gene and Tim. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out 
theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. There's no reason why you shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. And I'm going to give you a free copy of my lecture that tells you exactly how to do it. In fact, after you've lived a long and healthy life, there should be only two documents in your medical chart, a birth certificate and a death certificate. I'm Dr. Wallach with a warning. If you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol, high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, and other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. My free lecture is going to reveal what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. It's all in my free lecture called Deadly Recipe. So call toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. Again, that's toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. 1-855-79-YOUNG. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how did it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes... Take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-503-8625. 800-503-8625. 800-503-8625. I am a non-attorney spokesperson representing a team of lawyers who help people that have been injured or wronged. If you've been involved in a serious car, truck, or motorcycle accident, or injured at work, you have rights. And you may be entitled to money for your suffering. Don't accept an offer you get from an insurance company until you talk to a lawyer. And we represent some of the best personal injury lawyers you can find. Tough lawyers that will fight to win your case. And they're so good, they stake their reputation on it by only getting paid if you win. So if you've been in a serious car, truck, or motorcycle accident or hurt on the job, find out today for free what kind of compensation you may be entitled to. Call the legal helpline right Right now, 800-509-4492, 800-509-4492, that's 800-509-4492. Hi, this is James Fox, director of The Phenomenon and Moment of Contact. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. You are continuing with those experiences, Curry, and I wanted you to kind of wrap up this particular part of it because we're running out of time with the main show, and I wanted to ask you about one or two more things before we progress. Go ahead, please. So I was talking about this one hallway leading out to the gymnasium and the basketball court in this old school we were investigating. 
And we were using our EMF readers just to kind of gauge how much EMF was in the environment. Well, there was a large electrical junction box in that hallway that was giving off very high EMF readings. So EMF, known to cause hallucination, known to cause uneasiness, even hallucination. So that's one we kind of chalked up to this electrical junction box is causing that. It's causing uneasiness in people. It's causing it, you know, so sometimes we'll use EMF readers for that purpose to kind of gauge how much EMF is being put out in a certain area of a building. That makes sense. And by the way, I was looking over your site as we were talking, Curry, and picking out some possibilities here with you for presenting some EVP sounds uh, after the Paracast. Meantime, you mentioned among the topics you've covered the men in black. I like saying it that way. The men in black. Give it some kind of emphasis. So what can you tell us about MIB? I should tell you, by the way, before we go on, I used to have a car back in the late 60s. It said in the license plate, 3MIB. It was the worst, most bug-ridden car I ever had. <laughs> I love the show, by the way. I love the show with Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith, but... On the Men in Black, I've had a couple of guests who have talked about Men in Black, and one was Justin Bamforth, and he talked about there's a famous video out there, and it's in, I want to say, Niagara Falls area, where there's a couple of supposed Men in Black that come in and start questioning one of the people in the hotel. Something to do with a UFO sighting. I don't remember all the details. These men in black, as it was reported, seem to have like weird facial features, almost like kind of plastic skin, you know, really kind of abnormal kind of movements, if you will, that sort of thing. They just seem to be something out of place about them. And this has, I think, been reported in other MIB cases. I haven't delved into the MIB real deeply. But there have been a few times where people have mentioned him, and Justin Bamforth is the one I'm thinking of where he talked about that case. Uh, and uh, so I, I don't know. From what I've heard, there just seems to be sometimes when people come into contact with these men in black, there some, seems to be something out of place about them. Maybe something they say, something they do, uh, maybe just doesn't quite fit. But... That's about the extent of my knowledge of the men in black. Years ago, I met the person that we might call an originator of the men in black, Albert K. Bender, because he was a key subject of the book they knew too much about flying saucers from Gray Barker that was published, like I said, in the 1950s. And he conveyed the impression these were possible government agents that he found out or was told he found out something about UFOs that he could not reveal and had to shut up. But when he wrote the book in the 1960s, Flying Saucers and the Three Men, these entities or beings were really ETs from the planet Kayak. I don't know what to say about that, but you mentioned possible weird faces. Well, if they're ETs, perhaps that was pretty weird. Right. Yeah. And and unfortunately, I just uh, I really haven't delved into it very deeply. But, you know, that one particular case comes to mind. And that's a famous video. 
uh, about the men in black. Uh, and they seem to kind of just disappear from the scene afterwards. And, uh, you know, nobody seems to, sometimes they never have seen again, you know, it just kind of, they show up and then they're gone and people are like, well, these, these, whatever they are, these people, if you want to call them that, there's something out of place about them. <laughs> there's something that they're doing that just seems out of place. And people have reported this before. Uh, they just say something or do something that just not, not just not seem to be the norm of what an ordinary person would do. I'll go with that. But you have never met anybody like that in your experience as someone who is just a little too strange. No, I can't say that I have. You know, I've met a lot of strange people, <laughs> but I can't say I've met anybody that I thought, man, could that person be an extraterrestrial or could that person be a non-human entity? I, I, I can't say that I've ever had that kind of experience, but like I said, I've, I've heard stories about it. Well, and there's been cases of after the men in black have uh, visited somebody, they then have to deal with haunting and poltergeist activity for a while in their house. You know, it's almost that like a residual effect, so to speak. Right. Yeah, I've heard that as well. Lights flickering, uh, even supposedly when these strange people show up, weird things like that. I don't know. I just I've never personally experienced anything like that. But uh, it's an interesting topic for sure. <laughs> It's interesting also to talk about the possible government interest in UFOs and whether they may be real in the sense of living beings who are government agents who want to go out and spook people. Yeah, there's been cases where, whether they're UFO sightings, what, that uh, men in black suits have showed up and start questioning people and, uh, you know, just weird cases like that. I mean, I'm I'm trying to I'm kind of uh, at a loss to remember any specific cases, but there's been stories about where these strange guys show up, and uh, they start asking questions, and you know, you know, then they just simply from there they just kind of vanish or they just disappear. I don't know. It's a, it's a really weird subject. You get into the subject of what the government knows. That's all. You can go down the rabbit hole quickly on that one. I don't think any of us truly know really what the government knows about this phenomena and what's happening. And that's what's so difficult about the UFO topic. Do you want to call it? I still like to use the term UFO. A lot of people now want to say UAPs. You know what? I still call them flying saucers. So there, because I started so early. <laughs> and I know Tim Swartz kind of goes along with me sometimes. Mm -hmm. They're just flying saucers. Forget about the rest. Okay, Curry, tell our listeners, if they want to know more about the things you do, where can they check you out? Well, uh, first, they can go to my website. It's kind of a long one. It's passion, the number four, theparanormal.com. And there you can find links to my podcast show. There you can uh, you can also find a link to order my book on Amazon. That's pretty much it. Or if you want to find me on Facebook, facebook.com slash passion, the number four, the paranormal. Those are the two best places to find out information about me. He'll also be back, Curry, with us for the After the Paracast podcast with more discussions. And we'll try to dig up an EVP or two to listen to. 
You can find us on Twitter if you look for the Paracast. I know we've said some nasty things about Elon Musk, so that may not last long. We're on Facebook, too, a Paracast fan club and a Paracast group. We offer branded merchandise if you go to the Paracast.shop or the Paracast.store. Either one takes you there for a branded logo merchandise for T-shirts and caps and things. The Paracast.shop. And we offer the Paracast Plus, a special streaming service which includes this show free of the network ads. Okay, free of the network ads, better quality audio. Plus the After the Paracast podcast, where you never know what's going to happen. It's uncensored and it's amazing. The After the Paracast podcast. We also offer a special deal now. If you use the coupon code UFO20, UFO20, with your order for a Paracast Plus subscription, you get a 20% discount for five year and lifetime memberships. The Paracast.plus. Once again, write this down, please. The Paracast dot plus. Hey, Curry Stegan, thanks for joining us on the Paracast. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's been a, been a great discussion. The Paracast. Featuring Gene Steinberg is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast. <laughs>